your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 511 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller out in Golden, BC. And the Ottawa Senators got offense and sustained defense in a 4-1 victory on the road in St. Louis to end a five-game road trip on a high note. Oh, an absolutely high note up against the Blues. Brady Kachuk scores his first goal in his hometown of St. Louis. Anton Forsberg is stellar yet again. And Ross, we can keep the good times rolling, hopefully, with the Belleville Senators up against the Providence Bruins this afternoon. We're going to have to have a conversation about Anton Forsberg once again. What is his value as this guy is just making save after save after save and as a goalie-friendly show? Let's get right into it. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Wednesday, March 9th. And Pilsy, do the Ottawa Senators have a goalie controversy? I feel like the Ottawa Senators have had a goalie controversy for a long time and it never ends. But hey, sometimes it's good problems because when you have a goalie that's on an expiring deal, not making a whole lot of money, but is lighting it up. You can either trade him at a high value at the deadline or you can decide to keep him and Ross, I said it on the postcast, and I think I've fully flipped my opinion on this. The Senators should keep Anton Forsberg now. Like, there's a return that they could get wouldn't be able to help them in the immediate future, and they got picks, they got prospects. What do they need? A consistent, reliable goaltender, and they've got one in Anton Forsberg. So we talk about how he's raising his value for trade. He's also raising his contract value for this offseason, Can the Senators afford Anton Forsberg going forward? Ross, I'm going to flip the script on you here. Can the Senators afford not to sign Mm. Anton Forsberg, right? Like, I mean, they've got cap space. So a guy like Forsberg, like what's, you know, we talked about a comparable contract was Laurent Boisson, right? And I think he's at, what, $2.5 for three years or something like that. So anything under $3 in less than three years, the Senators could afford that, in my opinion. And... They need a goalie that when Matt Murray has his injury woes that can step in and you can feel comfortable, you can feel confident that he's able to play his game and that, hey, if you need him for three straight games, he's good. If you need him for six, seven, ten straight games, you can rely on him because let's be honest, Philip Gustafson is not at that point yet and no fault of his own. Like Gustafson has only played 23 games this year, Ross. This is a guy that was supposed to have the year to be a consistent starter in Belleville to make his way to the NHL to make to earn that one-way deal next year but he hasn't been awarded that opportunity because he's been bouncing around here so it's tough to say that he's able to fill in if Matt Murray gets uh, injured and they decide to move on from Forsberg so for that reason alone they need to sign Anton Forsberg like you can't find a guy like this and that's why his trade value is so high right now 
if you look at goalies who have played more than 15 games, like his numbers just jump off the page. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But then I'm looking at other contracts around the league and I'm seeing goalies who are making up past three and a half million. And I'm like, you know what? I'd probably take Forsberg over guys like Thomas Grice, Cam Talbot, Peter yep. Mrazek. Those guys are all almost making $4 million a Maybe year. Maybe not Cam Talbot, but the other guys for sure. Anton Forsberg's putting on a clinic game in and game out. Like even uh, Chris Drieger signed for three and a half this uh, past off season. Yeah, he had a great year last year, but Forsberg's matching it step-by-step this season. So I am so intrigued at what Anton Forsberg's going to be. And last night was just another singing example of that. The save on Vladimir Tarasenko. I haven't seen saves like that since the Hamburglar run where he was snapping him out of midair like that. That was unbelievable. And I don't know if you heard Anton Forsberg after the game, Pilsy, say that he heard the puck go off his stick. So now we got Spidey senses involved in this too. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he's given off Forsberglar vibes for sure. And Ross, I think ideally the Senators, if they could get him on a two-year deal, they could overpay him a little. But we've talked about this ad nauseum. Like, he's probably wanting a three-year deal. And he is in a a situation leverage-wise where he can push for that. Or he'll say, hey, I'll just go to the free market and I'm sure I can get something close to that, right? So I think if you're Ottawa, you need to really get serious here. And the trade deadline, it's coming too fast, too soon. Like, the Senators have so many unanswered questions. And Pierre Dorian, like, he's he's got to be up night and day working the phones here because there are so many things that he has to get done. And the success of this team next season relies heavily on how he handles this deadline. But before the deadline, there's more games to be had as the Senators return home from a five-game road trip for a five-game homestand. And in terms of NHL, there's no such thing as an easy homestand, but Seattle, Chicago, Arizona, Columbus, and Philadelphia will be the next teams entering the CTC with no capacity limits as the um, as the restrictions have eased in Ontario. But last night's game, and we talked a lot, last night's postcast, one of the best we've ever done, I would say. Uh, so you can go and catch up on that wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube, where we'd appreciate if you subscribe. Hit the like button as well. It certainly goes a long way for us, and we do appreciate it. I'm sure the fans, and maybe they won't admit it this soon after, but they appreciate a good hometown kid in St. Louis. And last night, crazy to think that Brady Kachuk, a player who's played 251 NHL games, that was only his second game in St. Louis, and he gets his first goal. What an absolutely fantastic moment. Yeah, it was great. And I love that type of shot, Ross. A nice low wrister that just beats a goalie. And Brady Kachuk was buzzing all night. He hit the post. He drew a penalty with a nice spinorama. He was throwing hits. He was doing everything that Brady Kachuk does. So I think the hockey gods were like, okay, we're going to give him one here. And we're going to give him the goal that puts the icing on the cake to make it 3-1 in his hometown with his family present. And I'm sure there's a lot of uh, friends as well. Uh, a lot of people still living in St. Louis. So that's a great moment that Brady's going to remember for the rest of his career, I'm sure. Friends in the stands, best friend back on his line. How great to see Josh Norris back producing on the power play where he scores his 20th goal of the season. Pilsy, what's more impressive? The fact that he's got 20 goals overall, despite missing so much time, or the fact that 15 of them are on the road? Wow, road warrior Josh Norris. I mean, 
I, I'm so glad to see him back in his office and doing what he does best. And I want to give a quick shout out to Tim Stutzla on that assist because if yes. you watch the replay, the puck is in the far left corner and Timmy's beaver tailing for it quick because he's already two steps ahead in his mind, right? He's like, okay, there's an open lane for the puck to get to me. And if I fake a shot, I can swing it over to Norris. And I mean, that's money. That's automatic goal if I can tee it up for Norris. And that's what he does. So some people... Like the real, uh, the angry old grumpy hockey guys may not like the beaver tailing for a pass, but when it's when you want a pass to make a pass, I'll accept it. So that was a great job by Timmy, and he was my Sun Central standout last night on a three game point streak where he's racking up the points. And we will touch on Tim Stutzla in a moment, but Pilsy, I guess this also speaks to the fact that power play success is not a 100% guaranteed indicator for team success. But the Senators have scored at least one power play goal in five of their last seven games. But last night, the power play goes two for two. And not only is Josh Norris a big factor on the power play, which we already mentioned, but Colin White gets two power play assists and he now has a point per game since his return. So that just adds a whole other layer of intrigue to the trade deadline, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. And I mean, Colin White, he's he's making a point that, hey, I know that one-third uh, contract buyout is very tempting, but you might regret it if that happens. And Colin White, I think he fits in with this Ottawa Senators team better than he would anywhere else in the league. The guys already love him. He's a glue guy. Everyone, fans included, were so happy to see him come back. And He's looking like a new Colin White. Like We haven't seen him be able to put up points. I mean, still a small sample size, but Hey, take the sample size you can get. He's racking up points. He's a big part of that top power play unit. He's really helped uh, replace Bath. I mean, he no one can really replace Batherson, but he's helped put someone in a spot where he can at least make things happen on that first power play unit. And he's looking great out there. So I'm so happy for Whitey. Five points in six games it is for, for Colin White here. Those two assists last night played 14-45, over seven on the faceoff job. Um, <laughs> but again, like I know he played a lot of center last night, did play a little wing as well, um, moving up and playing with Norris and Kachuk for a few shifts. But <clears throat> I still see him as a right winger going forward. But that being said, great to see him producing and great to see the Senators producing on the power play. Two goals for them with the man advantage and just – I I just loved how how calm they were and like do you are you surprised at all by the stat of leading after two periods because all we hear about on every broadcast at the start of the third period is how bad the Senators goal differential is in the third period oh it's always the bottom of the league when leading after two periods the Senators are seventeen one and one it's an automatic win when the Senators are leading after two periods seven zero and one on the road Pilsy. That's incredible, yeah. And that was a masterful second period by the Ottawa Senators, only allowing three shots from the St. Louis Blues all period. Like, that is just incredible. So, and really, if you look back at it, Ross, this game against the Blues and against Vegas, those are great games. Like, sure, they lose that one in Vegas with six seconds left. But apart from that, they played really well. And you're starting to see this team come back into form after that brutal, brutal uh, three-game stretch, Tampa, Florida, and Arizona. So that's good to see. And coming home to a full crowd with all this momentum is going to be awesome. 
It's a day off for the Ottawa Senators today. Well earned well after deserved, a yeah. long road trip that started. When did that one started in Tampa Bay on March 1st? So they've been gone for the entire yeah. nine days of March. So they return home. They're back with their families and getting ready for a five-game homestand. We got more to talk about, including a senator setting a career best in goals, a sense prospect being named captain yeah. of his WHL team, and a whole lot more. But first, Pilsy. A word from our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, you guys know I'm out in BC on a uh, on a snowboard trip, so I need to stay energized. And how I'm doing that is with Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. So if you're a chocolate lover. I can guarantee you're going to love Bilt Bar. They have so many amazing flavors to choose from. If you haven't tried them yet, we recommend getting the Mix Box. And how can you do that? Easy. Go to Bilt.com today and you can use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. These bars are low in sugar, low in calories, but high in protein and high in fiber. They have all the things you want and they cut down on the things you don't want. Their focus is to make the bars taste good first and then make them healthy. So you're not going to get some of these protein bars that, sure, they got health benefits, but you got to force them down. That's not Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So check it out today if you guys haven't already at Built.com. Use our promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Pilsy. So the Ottawa Senators defeat the St. Louis Blues 4-1 and Aw, Jordan Bennington left a few squeakers in. I feel awful. I feel so terrible for him. Psych. Not at all. Not one bit of uh, sympathy there. But it was great to not only see Josh Norris score his 20th, but Tim Stutzla gets his 13th goal of the year, passing his total from last season when he had 12 in. How many games did he play last year? He played I think it was 56. All- no, oh, 53, because he yeah. missed a, a couple at, uh, near the start of the season. So he plays 53. This year he's at 55 games, 13 goals, but he has four more points than he did last season. So just to, to put into perspective, too, now you're looking at a sample size here for Tim Stutzel, where since December 4th, so that game against Colorado, 25 points in 34 games. Do you think this is a just another step of more to come for Stutzla? Absolutely. And you got to consider, first off, this is a young player entering the NHL. So it takes time. And you also have to consider, he went from the left wing to center, kind of near the start of this season. So that's a lot of adjustments to make too. I think we're now seeing the rewards of him making that move to the middle of the ice and him playing so much better and him starting to click on the power play, starting to be confident in his shot. That was something I always wanted him to do because it seemed like he would always defer. Like maybe, you know, maybe that's a young player being like, all right, I got to make sure I, I give this pass to the more veteran player so it doesn't look like I'm selfish or anything like that. But when he uses his shot, it's absolutely elite. So I really think Timmy's coming into his own there. He's got a lot of work to do in the face-off dot, but he's got a lot of time to figure that out. And I think he's someone that he's really working hard on that. Like we talked uh, or we heard from Josh Norris. He's after practice. He's like picking Josh's brain. How how can I get better in the face-off dot? With Nick Paul, all these guys, he's trying to get better. So you got to respect that. And I think it will come in time, but the points are rolling in. We love to see that for the superstar. Timmy Superstar gets the bike helmet and shades last night 
for the Ottawa Senators. Now I'm just going to pull this up here real quick because last time I remember it, uh, it stopped here. Tim Stutzla, there he is, bike helmet and all in his glory. Didn't put the shades on though, Pilsy. You got a problem with that? No, it's okay. I'll uh, I'll let it slide this time. And I mean, he's he's got the bike helmet what three times now, so he's he's put the shades on before. It's it's ho hum for Tim Stutzla. Boom, bang! That's the Tim Stutzla montage. There it is. <laughs> bike helmet and shades. So hey, that's just an awesome aside. I was worried they lost the helmet pills after going that long without handing one out. Yeah, I mean, and safety first, you got to have that bike helmet around. So that's uh, that's great that they still had it. And yeah, there was we talked about in the postcast, there was three or four guys that were well deserving of the bike helmet. So definitely a lot of positives in last night's game. Can we talk about the fourth line as well? Because this was a game that the refs let the guys play. Three minor penalties, all of them in the first period. And when that happens... The coach can just roll four lines and you don't have to worry about special teams and having guys tired after a long penalty, all those sorts of within the game strategic changes that you have to make. But last night, that fourth line combined for 15 hits, Pelzi. They were just absolutely smoking everything that moved. Parker Kelly standing up for Gambrell too after he took a big hit. I don't know how he only got two minutes. The gloves hit the eject button right away. Yeah, well, I think they were just like, ah, he didn't really get a chance to to pummel him much, so we'll just give him two minutes roughing there. And <laughs> I want to shout out to Austin Watson, not a guy known for his hands, but he was inches away from a beautiful goal. Uh, I think it was in the third period. He did a little toe drag backhand around Bennington, and yep. the puck just yep. hit the top of his pads there. Like, if he had got a little more oomph and a little more height on it, that's a highlight real goal from uh, from your fourth-line grinder. First lot, first round pick though, back in 2010, Austin Watson. Yep. Can't take that away from him. <laughs> you absolutely cannot. You can try, but you absolutely cannot. No, but that fourth line honestly did a lot, I thought, to help. Especially we talked about yesterday how St. Louis is a heavy team. That's their yes. bread and butter is playing mm-hmm. physical, playing hard, and they gave them a taste of their own medicine with that line. I thought it would be a lot easier to go through the entire list of guys who played well last night. It would be a long one, but I didn't really see any performances outside of number 22, and how long can I keep harping on Zaitsev? I guess we can touch on that briefly because the one goal against at the time made it 1-1, right? So you're not you're not in a game where you're like, oh, <laughs> tap Z on the back. It's okay, Nikita. Go back. Just do your thing. But it was just another egregious error that ends up in the back of his net. I mean, he had three opportunities to clear that puck and just kind of fumbling with it, not putting enough strength on his stick. He even ends up losing his stick on that play. So that's a tough one. And then obviously when it looks like you have multiple opportunities to clear, the Sens players are already starting to transition up the ice. That leaves David Braun wide open out in front and Forsberg not ready for a quick little backhand spin, spin a ram shot like that. So you can't really blame him there, but yeah, and another tough one for 22. Like, poor Holden. Like, what's I he know. supposed to do? He's got to take his guy on the left side and, and take the front of the net as well? Exactly. And then you got to watch Zub go up and play with Shabbat. And your, your, your partner that you've been great with all year gets rewarded and you get stuck with the, the defensive liability when you're supposed to be the shutdown pair. That's tough for Holden. It's extremely tough. Any other notes you had on last night's game, Pilsy? Again, 4-1 victory for the Ottawa Senators. Forsberg, ridiculous in goal. 22 saves, I want to say, for him uh, in last night's game. But, man, there was some highlight reel material in there. But outside of that, anything else stand out for you? 
No, I think we covered it all. I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta love it when your your top young guys that are gonna be the core of this group going forward. Brady scores, Josh Norris a bunch of points, Tim Stutzla a bunch of points, Colin White chipping in. So you gotta love that. So that's just one of those games that thank God we capped that road road uh, trip off with a win because the Sens needed that and Sens fans needed that. And how about Alex Formanton getting yeah, yep. off the schneid? I know he got one in Arizona as well. So now two goals in the last three games for Formy. So hopefully, I know it's an empty netter, but hopefully this gets the ball rolling for him to continue on here. And another stick tap goes out to Connor Brown. Game time decision, ends up playing, gets an assist, three takeaways for him as well in this one. And um, I just thought he was his classic high hockey IQ self. Um, there were a couple opportunities where I'm like, oh, a little extra pass that maybe he didn't have to make, but I thought all in all, it was a great game as well for Connor Brown. If we're looking at uh, the back end too, Thomas Shabbat steady as well. So that's, uh, yeah, I think we got that. Sens got dominated in the faceoff dot, but Pilsy, when you win 4-1, four, four, doesn't matter as much. Yeah, as a face-off guy, I'll let that one slide because uh, they were able to dominate in other ways. And if you can go 100% on the power play, I don't care what your face-off numbers are. Do you think it's strange, though, that the Senators had eight different guys take face-offs? And I know people get kicked out of certain draws and whatnot, but St. Louis only had four guys. Only their centermen took draws. So that either shows some great discipline that guys aren't cheating and getting kicked out, out quick, but... Like Ryan O'Reilly went 70% last night. Shen went 67%. And then their other two centers went 50-50. So that's a a recipe for good puck possession. But it ain't matter last night, Pills. I'll tell you that for free. Exactly. And Ross, I'd be interested to know. uh, I I wouldn't know how to find the stat or if it's even possible. But what the splits are between centermen getting kicked out of the faceoff, whether you're home or away. Like getting to put your stick down first. Because that's a massive advantage. And if you're the away team you're trying to make up for not having your stick down first. And that's when you get into trouble and get kicked out of the dot. So if anyone's able to figure that out, that's just something that would be interesting to see how much of an advantage it is not getting kicked out of the dot as the home team. Yeah. Shoot us a DM on Twitter at send central. You can follow along there for the show. Also on Instagram locked on dot senators. we got lots of great stuff planned for the rest of the week. We're going to be joined by David foot play-by-play voice and PR director for the Belleville Senators on Friday. We're going to chat with them today, so nothing on the Syracuse game, or sorry, Providence Providence game. Uh, That game is at 3 o'clock today, so we're going to actually recap that game on tomorrow's Locked On Senators, where we're also going to get the first glimpse of the Seattle Kraken who come to town, the first meeting between Ottawa and Seattle. If there's any angles of that you want us to cover, shoot us a DM note on Twitter as well. We'd appreciate that. I love all the engagement, especially yesterday, Pilsy. I'm still cooling down from those spicy takes we got. Yeah, no kidding. And and Ross, for your sake, uh, hopefully Brady Kachuk scores against the Seattle Kraken. So next time you put out a uh, oh <laughs> a little stat about teams that he hasn't scored up against, people won't remind you that he has not scored up against the Kraken a team which he has not played against. Thank God for the, thank God for everyone keeping me honest. Really appreciate <laughs> that. All right. Now let's get to a couple news and notes to finish off quick episode today. But again, last night we went pretty long again in the postcast. Oh, and yeah. It was a fun show there. So we got a little note from the WHL and Zach Ostapchuk, who has six goals and nine points in his last 10 games has been named captain 
of the Vancouver Giants. So between Tim Stutzla, three-point night, career high in goals, gets his 20th assist of the year. Then Josh Norris, his 20th goal of the season, and Zach Ostapchuk being named captain of the Vancouver Giants. That's a pretty good night for the Eric Carlson trade. Oh, my God, a great night for the Eric Carlson trade. And this is one thing I, I want to touch on, and, and it's perfect that Zach Ostapchuk is now captain. Ross, how many Sens prospects are captains now? Like, there's... They've got a couple of them. And this is the thing, like, sure, maybe uh, the internet scouts and people, when the Sens are drafting, they think, okay, they're reaching this guy. Uh, his point totals aren't going to look good. They could have got a better score, blah, 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 blah. But what the Senders are doing is they're not just drafting players. They're drafting people. They're looking for guys that show good quality uh, leadership, guys that when they're on a team, they're looked up to by their teammates. I mean, what was the, I'm forgetting, you probably know this, but who was the player that was saying, was it Beneers that was like, yeah, Sanderson is a guy I look up to for leadership. Like yep. all these people are looking at Sen's prospects as people and saying, these guys know how to get it done. They're relied upon and the coaches love them too. So that's one thing to keep in mind when you're seeing all these negative comments about how the Sens are reaching for guys. They're looking to build a culture and they're looking to put people in the right places. It's not all about points when you're 16, 17 years old, how that's going to project for throughout an entire NHL career. They're saying, let's find the right people. And I think they're doing a great job of that. And Zach Ossipchuk being named a captain is yet another example. And he's playing well, too, which is exactly. important, right? So he, he's starting to produce offensively, which is great to see. You can actually say that about a lot of the 2021 draft. Don't say it too loud or the Internet scouts will be all over you. However, Tyler Boucher, six points in his last seven games. By the way, did you see the throwback jerseys that the 67s are going to rock? Yeah, you love those, eh? I think the, Dude, Tyler Boucher is going to look great in them. They're unbelievable. I asked very politely if they could send us a couple. I mean, we'll pay for them, I guess. But, geez, those are going to look absolutely unbelievable coming up here. So I can't wait look to see him rocking good. those. So six points in his last seven games. Our boy, Carson Latimer's got nine points in his last 11 games. And here's an interesting one. A guy who is a long way away from producing overseas, but in his native Sweden, isn't it interesting that Sen's fourth-round pick, Oliver Johansson, he went, well, he has gone without a point at the SHL level. In the top league there, he's got no points, minus seven in 14 games. So, Pilsy, safe to say he's not quite ready for the next level, eh? Yeah, and I actually kind of forgot about him. He's one of those prospects that got kind of uh, swept under the rug here. But he was a guy when the Sen's drafted him. Sorry, third-round pick. Third round. Yeah, even uh, internet scouts were like, yeah, there's some upside to this guy and uh, and we like this pick. So I think that's the thing. You can't, uh, you need to give these players time. And I think the fact that he's already in the SHL is pretty good. And one thing too to remember is things are a little different over there. Like just because he's a young, good prospect doesn't mean he's going to be on the top power play or getting a lot of minutes. Like a lot of times top prospects over in the SHL and playing in pro leagues uh, over in Europe, they're still stuck on third, fourth lines. Like they don't get the opportunities that maybe they would if they're playing junior or college over here. So that's one thing to remember. And it's, it's impressive that he's already getting pro experience. Well, I kind of set you up on that because although he has played 14 games at that level, 
he spent more of the year playing in the J20 loop. Okay. So basically like junior A, consider that the equivalent to in Ontario. How's he doing in, there? In that league, he's got 14 points in his last 10 games, eight goals in his last 10 games there as well. So producing at the level he's at, but again, getting a little taste. And Timra, the p- team he plays for, same as Victor Lodine, they were just elevated from the Allsvenskan League to the SHL. So yep. they're going to be near the bottom of the table in, in terms of that, That's right? Fair. Just in terms of quality. So that being said, man, he's putting up points uh, in that. We already talked about Tyler Clevin. We're going to be getting ready for their playoff series this weekend at the Ralph when North Dakota is going in for the NCHC frozen face-off. And then maybe more. We'll find out if Jake Sanderson, if and when he will return to the lineup. Hopefully soon, man. I know they're winning without him, but I miss watching Jake Sanderson shake shimmy at the blue line. Well, me too, and it would just clear up a lot of this cloudy injury reports, right? Like, I, it still seems uncertain where he's at health-wise. So to see him back playing would just put us all at ease and sense fans could breathe a sigh of relief, and Nodak fans too. Yes, absolutely. Can't wait for that coming up. Lots going on in the sense prospect world, Pilsy, but the Belleville Senators are in action as well. Being a 3 p.m. game, it's not like we're going to go here and, and give a a – uh, a very in-depth preview, but who are you hoping has a big week? Who should I be watching this weekend when I'm at the arena there calling the game with footy? You may not love this answer, but for me, keep an eye out for Jake Lucchini. I mean, this guy is still leading Belleville in points. He's an wow. absolute stud. He's someone that they need to put pen to paper here. They got to get him signed to a contract because he is an absolute beauty for them. And another uh, fun answer Get some eyes on MDZ. Like, let's see how he's doing. Uncle Deli. Like, is is this all just like a fairy tale? And when the trade deadline comes, uh, the clock strikes midnight, he's going to be done here. But, Ross, they are up against a really good team uh, in Providence Bruins today because the Providence Bruins are 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. Is that good? I think so. And they're also first in their division. So, it's going to be no easy task, and uh, the Ottawa Senators—they don't get to play the Providence Bruins that, or sorry, the Belleville Senators—they don't play Providence that often. So this will be an unfamiliar team that they're going to have to go up against, and I'm I'm hoping they can have good results here. And I'll just say, hopefully, they don't lose by two. That way, I can I can mush the Providence Bruins, and Belleville can have a good game. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be how it goes with me. So Yes, perfect. So you're going to have to continue that for the rest of the season if we do get the result we're hoping I'll for do it. tonight. I'll do it. Again, follow us on Twitter, at Send Central. We're going to try to get some behind-the-scenes stuff out this weekend when I'm down at Canada Life Center. Moose versus Belleville Senators. And it's such an important stretch here for Belleville who are continuing to fight for their playoff lives. But with these games in hand, they could be fighting for home ice eventually. And hopefully... Anyone in the Belleville area can get out to a game or two and cheer the boys on because it's been a long road to get to the playoffs for this organization and unfairly so because they were first in their division at the time of the shutdown in 2019-2020 and then no playoffs in the AHL last year. So need a big push here to get in and not only get in, but then get a few wins under their belt once playoffs roll around. The Senators head back home. Meanwhile, Ottawa, that is for a five-game homestand. And I already listed off the teams, Pilsy. What would constitute as a successful homestand here out of these five? How many points do you need? How many wins do you need? Uh, 
Well, and just for some context, you rattled off those teams and I looked at the standings. Columbus is the top team of those teams and they're 21st. Right, so, but Arizona's coming, man. I know. I, it sounds bad, but I am a little nervous. Like <laughs> they're, they're scoring at an incredible pace here. So that's a team that the Sens are going to have to hopefully put up a better effort up, up against them. But for these five games there's no reason why they can't get eight points, right? Like, I, I think that's definitely attainable. Now, if you're looking from a tank situation, that's not exactly ideal. But the boys need to get some wins up up in a full crowd in the CTC. So I, I'm throwing the the lottery odds out the window. Let's get some good vibes going here. 100%. You have to beat the teams below you, especially with guys coming back and I know you saw that Drake Batherson Instagram post. It could be sooner rather than later that he returns from his high ankle sprain. And that would really give us a chance to at least close out the year thinking what if and what could be for next year. Shane Pinto would still be out and hopefully he and Angus Crookshank can continue their rehab and get back for a push with the Belleville Sens. All that being said, Pilsy, any final notes on today's show? I was just I just thinking how awesome that postcast was. It, the vibes are so great when the Sens win. Brady Kachuk scoring in his hometown. Like it was nice just to flush all those bad feelings down the drain and come out with a win for that road trip and to come home. And it'd be great if they could get a win up against the Seattle Kraken the very first time they face them as a franchise. So that's what I'm hoping for. A big game up against Seattle here. I'm just looking. What do you think the score was the first ever time that the Ottawa Senators played the Vegas Golden Knights? Oh, boy. I have no clue. That seems like a lifetime ago. It was early on. It was the 10th game of the season in 2018. And Vegas wasn't hot yet, were they? I forget how this game, they were 5 5 and 1. Yeah, so just average. Yeah, I, I'm going to say Sens won that game. No. <laughs> Damn. What was the score? It was it was 4-3 in overtime for Vegas. Okay. And Craig Anderson made 49 saves on wow. 53 shots. Whew. They were, they were outshot 53-22 to 22 in that game <laughs> and still managed to push it to overtime. Goal scorers for Ottawa, Matt Duchesne. Bobby Ryan and Ooh. Ryan Dezingle. However, Ottawa was actually up 2-0 in this game, which is wild for me to think. Mark Borbietsky got kicked out of the game. Five-minute major for charging, five for fighting, and a 10-minute misconduct with 20 pims on the night for, for Boro in that one as well. What, what a wild team as I look at it right now. The only guys left from it actually for me played in that game as well. So Shabbat, Formanton, and Colin White all helped welcome Vegas into the league. Now let's see what happens against Seattle. We'll discuss more on tomorrow's Locked On Senators. Stay locked on for the rest of the week. We've got lots of great stuff coming and beyond as we appreciate you making us your first listen of the day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Have a great day. Keep the vibes rolling after a big win for Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.